Wherever you are listening to us, welcome to What's Wrong With Me, Doctor, a podcast dedicated to bringing you up close and personal with professionals in the medical field without paying the medical bills. I'm Ray Hammer, and we release new episodes frequently, so be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, and please review and rate us so others can learn from the information and wisdom shared during this and other episodes. You can always listen to us and find out other info about the podcast on our website, What's wrong with me, doctor.com. During the podcast, our guests, doctors, share a lot of medical information. As informative and helpful the info might be, it's not intended to treat, diagnose, cure, or prevent any diseases. It's strictly for informational purposes. This episode's sponsor is Boca Home Care Services. More about them later on. All right, let's get started with today's expert. I welcome our guest today. It's Dr. David Auerbach a neuro-ophthalmologist, and he's been diagnosing disorders, performing cataract surgery, and specializing in ophthalmology since 1997. Today, together with the help of Dr. Auerbach, we're going to talk about a condition that we know very little about. Curious? Stick around. Welcome, Dr. Auerbach. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Good to have you here. First, what does a neuro-ophthalmologist do? A neuro-ophthalmologist is an ophthalmologist with specialized training for diseases that link the brain and the eye. I specialize in things like, one of the things we'll talk about tonight, diseases of the optic nerve, like an ischemic optic neuropathy, things called temporal arteritis, double vision, unexplained visual loss, and things which link the brain and the eye. All right. We're going to focus on ischemic optic neuropathy. It sounds ominous. Break it down for our listeners. What is it? An ischemic optic neuropathy is a disease of the optic nerve where, for reasons we still don't know, the optic nerve gets damaged by limited blood flow. We, in the past, since I've been doing this since 1997, we still don't know why this happens, which is frustrating to the patient it causes a permanent decrease in vision from a mild decrease to a large decrease where sometimes people can't see the big E. On the eye chart. Correct. All right. And I want to understand this a little bit. So tell us first, what isn't ischemic optic neuropathy? An ischemic optic neuropathy is not glaucoma. It's not a cataract. It's not macular degeneration. It's not dry eyes. It's not the need for glasses. It's a, it is the second most common optic nerve disease that we see in ophthalmology, second only to glaucoma. And you said before, and I want to I break this down a little bit further and get a little bit more clarity on it for our podcast listeners, the cause, the cause of ischemic optic neuropathy? We don't know what causes an ischemic optic neuropathy. However, we do know that the majority of people have common conditions, whether they know about them yet or not. Things like high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, vascular diseases that cause the blood vessels not to work as well. Oftentimes, when we see people, they don't know they have these conditions until we start to try and link one thing with another. 
That does not necessarily mean every single person who has an ischemic neuropathy has one of these problems, but oftentimes they're linked. And uh, I, I thank you for correcting me on the pronunciation, ischemic. I was pronouncing it as ischemic, I guess, for, for the eyes. And I figured right. that's, just, that's just where it came from. And this happens one eye at a time? Well, there are two types of ischemic optic neuropathies. One type is called an arteritic, which is less common, but the effects are more devastating. And then there's a non-autoritic, and we'll talk about both of those a little bit. The non-autoritic is, we, we still don't know what causes it. An arteritic is an inflammation of the blood vessels, usually secondary to a condition called temporal arteritis. And are, these, are there advances in the field in trying to figure out, because I find it hard, and, and I'm sure our listeners find it hard to, to understand or comprehend that something this serious is still such an enigma in the medical field? Yeah, we feel the same way, unfortunately. We diagnose the problem, and there really aren't any treatments for this. Now, for the arteritic type, caused by temporal arteritis, there is a treatment. And like you asked before, that can occur in both eyes more frequently than the non-arteritic. And the reason it is so important to correctly diagnose this is the arteritic type of ischemic optic neuropathy, if not diagnosed and quickly treated, more than 50% of the time the other eye will go blind as well. In a, in a non-autoritic, the other eye can become affected, but nowhere near the time as the autoritic secondary to temporal arteritis. And a patient coming to see you with it, how would you determine if the patient actually has that? Usually the patient will have a sudden painless loss of vision. So there are different things in ophthalmology that cause visual loss, and we can group them into a category of things that cause pain and things that are painless. An ischemic optic neuropathy, whether it arteritic or non-arteritic, does not cause eye pain. The arteritic does have different symptoms because it is secondary to an inflammation of the blood vessels. So when we see someone with visual loss that's painless, some of the questions we ask to determine whether it's arteritic or non-arteritic are things like headaches, scalp tenderness, a very specific sign called, called jaw claudication. And the way we ask that question is, if you were eating a hero sandwich, would you have to stop chewing because your jaw gets tired? That is a that is a pathognomonic thing that we think when a person says yes to that, we think about temporal arteritis, and the temporal artery is a blood vessel right by right on the side of your head by your temple, and sometimes we can palpate that and it feels ropey and you can't feel a pulse. Things have thrombosed; the blood vessel has closed off. That is so interesting that the two can be connected. All right, we're going to continue in just a moment. We're going to delve deeper into ischemic optic neuropathy to get a better handle on it for all of our listeners. And uh, you are listening to the What's Wrong With Me Doctor podcast. I'm Ray Hammer. 
I'd like to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Boca Home Care Services, a family-owned and operated company in business for 23 years, referring home health aides to your home. The home health aides assist with activities of daily living. Boca Home Care Services' mission is to keep you safe and secure in your home environment. Check out their website at bocahomecareservices.com. Our guest this episode today is Dr. David Auerbach, a neuro-ophthalmologist. Doc, I have to imagine that a patient with ischemic optic neuropathy would get very frustrated. What would you tell your patients? Well, the first thing, as I was saying before, is correctly diagnosing it. And sometimes it's not so easy. Oftentimes, when someone, when we're determining if it's autoritic or non-autoritic, we send people for blood work. The blood tests we check for are markers of inflammation. Sometimes these markers can be normal. They're usually abnormal in the person with the autoritic type. When those tests come back abnormal, the definitive way to make this diagnosis is by doing a little biopsy of the temporal artery, and that usually will show the inflammation of the blood vessel. The treatment for that type of optic neuropathy is steroids. Steroids do show um, a definite help, not so much in bringing vision back into the eye, which has lost it, but certainly preventing it from going to the other eye. The other reason it's so important to diagnose that is this is a disease of the arteritic we're talking about now, is a disease of small and medium-sized blood vessels. And we know if there's inflammation affecting the eye, it's probably affecting other parts of the body like the heart and brain. So it's very important to diagnose this entity correctly. I always ask, and I have to ask this question as well, is it possible, are there any lifestyle changes that our listeners can do to avoid this? Any preventative measures? There really aren't, which is what's so frustrating. When we diagnose someone with the non-autoritic, we will look into things like making sure they haven't been diagnosed with diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and maybe have them see their doctor to make sure they don't have any other sequelae of those diseases. But there is no way to prevent this from happening. Because like I said earlier, we still don't know why it happens. We do see one thing on examination that leads us towards making the diagnosis of a non-arteritic optic neuropathy. The optic nerve looks like a donut. It's a circle with a hole in the middle. And people who have the non-arteritic type of ischemic optic neuropathy oftentimes have a, their donut has no hole. Everything's very cramped. And we've called that a disc at risk. And if someone comes in and we've done the whole exam, and I'll go over that in a moment, and these people will present with a swollen optic nerve. And when we look at the other eye, we can see that there is a disc at risk. So that's another way that we can, that helps us to make the correct diagnosis. How do I know if I should seek out medical help if I should come see you? Well, usually people have a dramatic change in vision. And the good news is people usually don't ignore that. So someone will have, like I said, a painless loss of vision and they'll see their eye doctor. And then usually 
they're referred to me as a neuro-ophthalmologist, someone who specializes in this disorder. So when we examine them, we do an entire exam and we look for the, the tests that are usually abnormal are tests of how the optic nerve functions. And how the optic nerve functions to an eye doctor isn't really reading the eye chart. Most people with optic nerve disease will have a decrease in color vision, so we check for that. Their visual field will be abnormal. They'll be missing a portion of their visual field in that eye, and their pupil doesn't respond correctly to light when we shine a light in it. So once we put those three things together, they have a decrease in color vision, they notice a change in vision, they have a visual field defect, their pupil doesn't dilate, does not react to light properly, and then we go ahead and dilate their eye and we see that they have a swollen nerve. All of those put together makes us think of an ischemic optic neuropathy. If Ray Hammer walked into his eye doctor, based on what you're saying just now, would my eye doctor be able, the average eye doctor be able to pick up on what's happening in my eye? The average eye doctor, <laughs> there are very few emergencies in ophthalmology. Missing the diagnosis of temporal arteritis is an emergency. It's one of only a handful of emergencies in ophthalmology. So I would say that your average everyday general ophthalmology does know when they see someone who comes in with painless visual loss, usually they're older. They ask the questions of a headache and jaw claudication, and they see a swollen nerve. They will usually, prior to sending them to me, get blood work to look for inflammation. Most eye doctors will know to do that, and they have to get those blood tests stat. Because like I said, it's very important to correctly diagnose the arteritic form secondary to temporal arteritis before it affects another body part. So usually patients are sent for the, those blood tests. And then when those blood tests come back normal, then they're sent to me because it's less emergent. Right. Final question that I have for you, and I'm sure you've had to play psychologist and help your patients face reality. What can you tell our podcast listeners to help them deal with this? I tell patients that there is a study that says about 40% of patients, the vision will improve. Unfortunately, it does not improve to what it was prior to the ischemic optic neuropathy. I do tell them that, unfortunately, the vision is probably going to... I tell them to think that the vision is going to stay this way. And anything that comes back is kind of like, you know, icing on the cake. We do start patients on a baby aspirin just for other vascular risk factors. And there's, there are two medicines that there are, is some anecdotal evidence that may cause this. There's a drug, there's an antiarrhythmia drug, a drug that's used for heart conditions called amiodarone uh, or pacerone. And there's some thought that maybe this drug can contribute to this problem. However, the reason it's hard to determine that is the people who get an ischemic optic neuropathy are of, this, of the same age group of people who are on this antiarrhythmic drug. The other 
interesting drug that people think may have an effect are drugs in the Viagra class, because those drugs cause a dilation of blood vessels, and they think that might decrease blood flow to the optic nerve. All right. So there is a ray of hope. I want to remind our listeners to always look for that ray of hope and ray of sunshine. Our guest this episode was Dr. David Auerbach, a neuro-ophthalmologist who's been diagnosing disorders, performing cataract surgery, and specializing in ophthalmology since 1997. Dr. Auerbach, I can't thank you enough. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Oh, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Great. And of course, thanks again to our sponsor for today's episode, Boca Home Care Services, referring home health aides to your house to assist with activities of daily living and to keep you safe and secure in your home environment. Check out their website at bocahomecareservices.com. I'm Ray Hammer, and as a reminder, we release new episodes of What's Wrong With Me, Doctor, frequently, so be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, and please review and rate us so others can learn from the information and wisdom shared during this and other episodes. You can always listen to us and find out other info about the podcast on our website, what's wrong with me, doctor.com. Stay healthy.